0: the headquarters of Ramsey Solution. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, your money, your work, and your relationships. The phone number to jump in for your question is 888-825-5225. 888-825-5225. Toll-free number. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by the incomparable George Camel with a K. That's K-A-M-E-L if you're keeping score at home. Uh, i love that we were on a, a national network recently we shall not name them thank and you and a well-known host called you camel camel and it's I, very, thought,
1: I think it's regal it sounds it, nice. it sounded
0: great but i'm over there we were on opposite ends of this little riser or whatever yep and i'm trying not to get the church giggles
1: i know uh so you i wanted to make easily. sure that
0: everybody knows your name is camel it's like the animal People think it's going to be weird,
1: but I appreciate that Ken for calling it out.
0: Uh, You have my favorite denim jacket on today. I only wear denim. Only when we're together, it tickles Ken when I wear denim. It does, and so let's get to it. You ready to help some people?
1: Let's do this. All
0: right, we're going to Courtney, who's joining us in Raleigh, North Carolina. Courtney, how can we help?
2: Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call.
0: You
1: bet.
2: Um, So we just. Completed a very significant home repair, a uh, very unexpected for about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars.
0: Oh my and gosh, and Hold re- the phone! What Did was it this? burn down and you
1: rebuilt it?
2: <laughs> um, we were actually victims of fraud. Um, oh no! There was significant water damage, termite damage, um, a lot of a lot of issues that were hidden. Also, oh, they and, sold you a uh, house
0: things- that was just a disaster, and you didn't know it. Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. But 270 grand. did you just gut this thing down to the studs and start over?
2: Basically, yeah. Oh,
1: bless your heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you have no recourse here.
2: Uh, we actually do. Um, we are pursuing that path, um, but we are of the mindset that we are in control of our destiny, and so right, like um, we want to you know, consider any levers that we can pull to accelerate getting out of this mess. Um, we were lucky to be able to cash flow about $150,000 of it, um, but we had to take out some um, some loans, a 401k loan and a home equity loan um, to just get through it. Mm. So my question is, um, should we sell the house and be able to accelerate Um, this mess by um, probably a year, year and a half.
1: So what is your total consumer debt? Put the the home equity loan aside, the 401k loan aside, do you have any other consumer debt?
2: We do. So we did stupid and went to um, buy two cars before all of this, before knowing anything about the house. So um, we have a student loan for nine grand and then two cars for 45 grand. So a total of about fifty four in consumer debt in addition to the four hundred one K loan and the home equity.
1: Okay. And what is remaining on the four hundred one K loan the home equity loan? Uh
2: twelve thousand on the four oh one K loan and ninety seven thousand on the HELOC.
1: Is that on top of your mortgage? Yes. Oh dear Lord. Okay what's left on the mortgage? Uh
2: three hundred and fifty thousand.
1: And what's your household income?
2: Um, it's about two hundred thousand.
1: Okay, good. We've got a good shovel to work with yes. here, but goodness gracious, mm-hmm. we've got a pile of debt. So, what could this house sell for now that you fixed it up? I imagine you did not ROI in the least bit on this.
2: We did not. Um, we weren't even considering selling it at that time. But we um, met with our realtor, and he thinks we can get six hundred for it.
1: Okay, so you sell for six hundred. You get rid of. The 401k loan, the home equity loan, the mortgage, you'd get rid of all of your debt completely and still have a little Mm -hmm. bit left over to start with, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the thing. Selling a home is a last ditch effort for me, but this feels like one of those situations where I go, you guys aren't going to be able to breathe at night. And I imagine the emotional Mm -hmm. turmoil you've experienced just rebuilding this place. It's kind of giving you the ick.
2: It is, especially my husband. I think there's more, the mathematics makes sense behind it. I think we're just dealing with the emotional side of should we sell it and just move on.
0: I mean, does he resent the house? Because I resent this house, and I've only known about it for four <laughs> minutes.
2: He very much
0: resents Okay, house. then I, I almost always agree with George, and that's going to swell his head. I disagree that this is last ditch in this situation. I think this is option A. I would sell the house. Oh,
1: okay. I see what you're saying. Clean slate. Yeah,
0: it's been a massive pain in their rear. It's just nightmarish, as you say, to try to dig out of this. They can, but Mm -hmm. why not just get free and clear of it all? And if you got a rent for a year, uh, you got an income where you can get up a nice down payment. You go into it fresh, and you go. We learned a lot. And this is one of those. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn. And they don't lose if they sell and they get out. And they're so much more educated, but they're free of all of this. Uh, yeah. I, I well, don't the, know, The George. hardest part
1: is going to be freeing yourselves of the guilt, the shame, the stupid tax, the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, All of that is going to be the hardest part. The numbers we can deal with. You guys have a great income. You can clear your debt and still walk away with probably, what, 50 grand?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would do it tonight. And then we we'll i have a sign in the yard, like, within five
0: minutes of this phone <laughs> call if it were me. Uh, this is okay. a no-brainer. Is that where you all were leaning before you called?
2: Uh, yes, because the home can no longer give us what we want. We bought it before having kids, and now we oh. have a daughter, and the location just isn't, you know, there, there's not a lot of younger families in our area, so... Um, now there's extra reasons. for what it is. Yeah. It, this is one of many yeah, reasons.
1: reasons. Courtney, can, for the benefit of the yeah. audience, can you explain how this fraud happened? Did you not get an inspection? How did you get swindled here?
2: We did have an inspection. It was a result of flippers um, coming in and flipping the property. They had done some work on it, um, but we later found out that they did not do honest work on it and really tried to spend as little as possible to... Just make sure it didn't, um, it didn't, you know, fall down before the sale. Um, so, but the inspector caught nothing. Not- the
1: inspector was like, "This house is in tip-top shape. Go for it." Yes. The mm-hmm. inspector needs to be sued at this point. That's insane. Have you gotten back in touch with the mm-hmm. inspector and said, "Here's what we had to do"?
2: We have, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's what, there's, what, what did they have to say, say about, about it? They've pretty much thrown their hands in the air and said that they're not liable.
0: Is it stuff that they couldn't see in the general inspection, meaning behind drywall? Yeah. So you discovered it only yes. when you started doing some renovations.
2: Yeah, pulling back the siding and realizing what was underneath it.
0: Okay, uh, not to Ugh. defend the the inspector, but Stacy and I had this happen in the home we're in now. George, you've been there. That front yeah. room, we were putting shelves in and and so we saw some mold on the drywall underneath some trim oh. and so not everything can be seen like that so again not trying to defend the inspector but sometimes Ouch. that can happen there was a leak uh, where rainwater was getting in in a small crevice in an area of brick up against the house anyway the point Man. is that can happen
1: i'm so sorry courtney but
0: uh, hey listen i'm glad they, that they that they can get out of it so thanks for the call more Ramsey show coming up
3: Listen, everyone needs ID theft protection. It doesn't matter your age, how much money you have, or where you live. Once you're a victim, and it's likely to happen to all of us at some point, your personal and financial reputation gets ripped to shreds, and it's a nightmare to clean up. Having the right protection and not wasting money are key, and that's what Xander's ID theft protection plan is all about. They bundle together the services you need at pricing that can't be beat. With monitoring that includes your home title, VPN encryption, unlimited recovery services, and even stolen funds protection, you're getting a great value and dealing with people you can trust. I could go on, but you can see for yourself. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282 and get the protection you need. Whether you're ditching an overpriced plan or getting protected for the first time, Xander's team are the only people I trust and recommend.
0: Welcome back to the Ramsey Show, where we talk to you, for you, about your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. If you want to win in those areas, we're here for you. It's a free phone call at 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman. I'll talk with you about your work situation. Can you make the income you want and the impact? That you dream about. The answer is yes. Can you do it while you're in the baby steps? Yes, I'll walk through any of your work or income-related questions today, and then George Campbell, my friend and colleague, will walk you through the baby steps and your money questions. And uh, George and I have been friends a long time. How long? How long have we we've been over, over a over decade the, now. Yeah, and uh, probably 2010. George has his areas of expertise outside of our work, and and I do as well. And what I love about our relationship is is I'm into sports. And you're not is that hundred that's a
1: very fair assessment yeah
0: and, and so that's great and, and but yet we enjoy talking about sports because of, I
1: enjoy learning from you you're a yeah. great teacher
0: so I thought how about we combine my love of football and your love of budgeting and numbers and and, and so I thought this is an interesting article let's Are do you it. ready for this okay so in my hands here uh, we we've got an, a, a, a blog here and uh, this is a survey and they've they're written they've written about the story. Uh, The survey. And here's the headline. What's the score on consumer spending this football season? Ooh. Now, see, I knew that's a football headline that would get you excited. So uh, here we go. Experian did a survey asking football fans. Now, this would be college, George. College football. Are you familiar with this? Well, did
1: they not count the NFL? You didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry.
0: Uh, you, You answer the questions as they come to you. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with the colleges familiar. and universities have football teams? Yes. Right, I know business. about the SEC. Okay, great. Uh, big business. Yeah. Big money. And then, of course, the NFL. All right, so Which they is surveyed, even bigger money, I imagine. Oh, yeah. They surveyed uh, football fans, college and NFL fans, and they asked them what they spend for the pregame experience. That would be tailgating. Are you familiar with this concept? Yeah, but
1: the whole pregame thing feels strange to me still.
0: Well, you got to get there ahead it, of you time. You make a whole day of it. You do. Well, you get there early. Because you got to anyway, and so people hang they, out in the parking lot. It's the old idea of, of dropping the tailgate of a truck is where this this comes from. You sit on the tailgate, or you your big cooler, and you got your twelve packs, your six packs, your
1: your snacks. And it's gotten out of hand. I mean, they have tents. Well, they've now, got chairs. I mean, there's yeah, furniture it's a culture. Involved.
0: It's a culture now. People okay. bringing RVs, giant TVs, watching the pregame, postgame in the parking lot. It's amazing. I could enjoy
1: that part. Would you, you know take what? me?
0: I'm going to take you to a football game and tailgate. It'll be great content for YouTube. We can film it for all. Your YouTube. We'll strap channel. on
1: some GoPros. So
0: here's what they found: How much are you spending pre-game, during a football game, uh, and and that will include everything from chips and salsa on the couch at their home to tickets on the 50-yard line. So this is any money you spend on football. All right. Okay. And here's what they found: That fans expect to spend an average of 743 dollars on football throughout the whole 2023 season. About wow. 1 in 5 say they anticipate they'll overspend on football this year. 12% saying they're likely to go into, hold it, George, debt. To Why? go into debt, presumably on the credit card, to finance their football fandom. To go to the game. That's the big thing. Or have a party at the house. Maybe they're spending money, uh, extra grocery money they can't afford. That's to sad. Cook some wings, have a football party Just for money, a Monday potluck. Hey, you
1: bring the chips and dip, I'll bring the uh, Buffalo chicken dip, you know. All right, now hold on. This is gonna get you,
0: this is gonna give you heartburn. Twenty percent of fans said they'd be willing to take on five thousand dollars in debt to get to see their team play in a championship game. So maybe the AFC or NFC conference championship or the Super Bowl or oh, a bowl game. Gosh. What do you think about that?
1: Well, it's confusing. Are they saying, hey, if my I want to see my team win, or they're yep. saying, hey, if your team makes it to the championship, I'm, I'm willing, willing to, to s- take on five grand in debt That's to it. go to that game. Yeah. That's insane. Because these are the same people making fun of Taylor Swift fans for spending two grand for Taylor Swift tickets. They have no right to do that after spending five grand to see their team win All right, the championship. let me throw another one at you.
0: 33% of the fans surveyed said they would eliminate their outstanding debt in exchange for their favorite NFL team not winning a championship for
1: another 20 years. That's a very confusing survey question. It really is. you understand it? So they would saying, hey, I would get rid of my debt in exchange for my team not winning a championship for 20 years. Yeah. That makes no sense. They're saying they'd rather – like the pain of paying off debt. Yeah. They're like, I would take that over my team not winning for 20 years. I feel like based on the teams you enjoy, Ken – you wouldn't have to even make that bet. Oh, wow. Yeah, who are you rooting for? Well, you're a Georgia Bulldog guy, right? Uh, no, I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan first and foremost. Oh, yeah. well, it's more for our Tennessee fans and probably the Jets fans yeah. out there.
0: Yeah, but you, you see what they're going. is it? It's like the, you've nailed it. They're, they're, they're exchanging are But that love
1: of the game is they driving love them to their terrible team. decisions.
0: Yes, that's the point. So here's what I wanted your take on, George, financially. The word fan comes from fanatic. Yes. You got that? And so people are making fanatical decisions that are hurting them financially. The one that stuck out to me the most was the $5,000 willing to go into debt to go on a trip and see your team play. Go well, here's, into debt. You I bring can see that how hole the, with you.
1: the mental gymnastics they used to get there make sense to me because they go, Ken, this could be the only time they ever make it to the championship. Yeah. So they start to play all these scenarios in their head and they go, this is it. I'm going to be able to tell my kids. I was at that game. Right. That's the narrative they're playing in their head. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the
0: $743? I actually thought that was kind of low. These people aren't spending a ton because $743 over a full season. Well, for two people going to a that game,
1: much. it feels like that's it. You just blew that 750 if you're going to you're a going game. You're going to
0: be close if you talk about Especially parking. Especially travel, parking, food, about parking, tickets. gas, food, the tickets. It could be well over 250 I have no clue. I have
1: no scale for what a game costs these days.
0: Well, you know, a cheap seat ticket could cost you anywhere from 45 to 50 bucks. Cheap, cheap seat, depending on where it is. To the NFL, you're paying several hundred dollars each for a wow. ticket.
1: Can I be honest? I've been to one game. Which I got game the tickets for free. It was the... <laughs> a titans patriots game okay and you know i'm from boston right and i own a brady jersey because the team bought it for me right for a live event we did But you don't even know his first name i tom oh okay
0: Good. i know that that's much. a little bit more than i expected i know I'm that i'm very much. proud
1: of you but they got spanked by the titans it was embarrassing i was okay. pulling my jacket over the jersey but let me tell you i was staring at the big screen the whole time because i couldn't see from these cheap seats what uh-huh. was going on on the field and i went i would rather watch this at home Then just listen to people screaming at me. You have no commentary you can listen to like you can on TV. And for that reason, I'm out on live football right now. But I would go with you. Could we do the face paint and everything? Uh, You are the only person that I would... Paint my
0: face for because that would be funny. You that and I means would the world.
1: Take that, Stacy Coleman. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm the only person in the world he would do that for. Right. Well, first of all, Stacy wouldn't let me do it. She'd be embarrassed. You, on the
1: other hand, would uh, enjoy it
0: because you'd make fun of me for years. Well, I think the, great.
1: At the end of the day, I'm okay with people loving sports. I have no nothing against that. Yes, but, but going into debt for dollars on your credit card. It's not fandom. It's financially dumb, and I stand by that. I think you're right. And and
0: at some point, you've got to go. What is most important? So what's the Okay, so let's just talk about some discipline here. What's the emotional and mental exercise that someone who's trying to get out of debt? Let's put them in baby step two. I mean, they're supposed to be rice and beans in it, yep. right? And they love their team. I mean, even if they have a party, let's say that they just started the debt-free journey.
1: They should not be throwing the party. They should be attending the friend's party who paid for the cable, and okay. they can bring a they can bring a side. Okay. That's it. It's that simple. But don't put that on yourself and don't sign up for the NFL package or whatever, you know, paying an extra 50 bucks a month to access uh all of this. Now you're stepping stepping on toes. toes. I'm just saying, if you're in debt, you need to have priorities. Go down to your local sports bar and go watch the game with some buddies and get yourself a a nice water and enjoy the game. Okay. I
0: like that. I was also going to suggest that with Dave Ramsey's, you know, decades-long advice of rice and beans, beans and rice, you could make a nice bean dip. And people be a love hero. A,
1: a seven-layer bean dip goes a long way.
0: So a lot of beans out there, and you put some beans together. Bean dip. I'm sure there's got it. You. That's what you need to do. You need to do a YouTube video on how to make a budget for the big game
1: bean dip to take to the big game. Oh, uh, <laughs> if America would watch it, do that. I would make it. I'm here to troll the sports fans, and we enjoy it. Guarantee you that that hits big on your YouTube channel. Here's the thing: just budget, budget for it. Put a line item. If you want to go to the game, get the jersey, throw the party, that's fine. But don't go into debt for fandom. I agree. And by the way, if you'd like to bring
0: some bean dip to uh, the Ramsey office next time George and I are together, we will sample it live. I on will the show. not be eating bean I dip will. from strangers. I trust the people. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by George Campbell. this hour. We're here for you to talk to you about your money. How about your work, your income? Are you feeling like you got a lid on you? Well, I can help you there, and George is here to answer your money questions. 888 825 is the number. That's 888 Kara joins us now in Providence, Rhode Island. Kara, how can we help?
4: Hey Ken and uh, George, how are you today?
0: Good. What's going on? Um,
4: to just a quick comment about your NFL thing, and then I get to my quick question. Oh, I love it. Um, I just have to laugh because first off, my husband and I were looking because uh, of just how crazy streaming is right now. Um, to be able to stream football, we were looking at some of our options, and it's like up where it's over nine hundred dollars a year. You know, just depending on what service you're using, which is just absolutely insane 75
1: (laughs) bucks a month no thank you
4: yes yes and then my other thing was george you are aware that hummus is a bean dip right
1: that's true thank you care the food of my people well i'll make some of mama camels Hummus yeah. recipe, Ken. Yeah, we did
0: a uh, hummus. We did a hummus uh, feature one time on the show together. That's we, right. George and I love hummus. Love talking hummus. Yeah. By the way, James Childs, our fearless leader, does as well. So uh, thank you for pointing that out. Love the commentary. And so you show up at the I football party so with some hummus. <laughs> yeah, it's a great suggestion by you, the listener. So um, okay, how
4: can we help? Okay, so I'm on baby step two, and um, we, we've got kind of a big mountain to roll down, which is fine. We're working on it, but um, I have this little brokerage account and this little stock, employee stock purchase account that I have stopped contributing to because I've, of you know where I'm at in the baby steps. I guess my question is, though, because it's, it's a few thousand dollars, um, I could cash those two things out and just knock out about three small debts all in one shot. I'm just, it would be the short-term capital gains taxes that I'm worried about. Um, it's again, it's not a huge amount of money. So like the taxes, it wouldn't be insane. I guess my question is because it's so small, should I just leave it and still keep plowing away? Or I kind of really want that momentum. Just, I think like, the momentum beats
1: out the tax hit, which I assume is going to be a few hundred bucks at the end of the day.
4: Yeah, it's not a huge amount of money, but it, like I said, it would just knock out three debts in one shot. So. That's amazing.
1: So, what's sitting in these uh, in the ESPP in the brokerage account?
4: There's like uh, I want to say like fifteen hundred of my the company that I work for in the ESPP, obviously, and then it's like I don't know, like twenty five hundred in the brokerage. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of so like four grand, grand we can money. throw at debt, and you'll
1: knock out three of them, which frees up those payments.
4: Yeah, yeah,
1: that was my question. Do it. 100%. And I'll, I'll tell you this, okay. Kara, someone who did that. Uh, at the tail end of my debt-free journey, getting rid of $40,000 in student loans and credit cards, I had worked at the Apple store, and I was just an 18-year-old, and they said, hey, we've got the stock thing. And I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. And so it ended up to be like seven grand or something nice. sitting in that account that helped you know, kind of kickstart my adult journey and get me through the baby steps. And I, people go, George, I could have turned into $50,000 if you just left it. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm debt-free today, living my best life. I'm not worried yeah. about what could have been. And that's so that's right. what you have to worry about now is not looking back in five years from now going, if oh, I just kept those stocks, it could have been this much. Because guess what? You're going to be investing faster if you're out of debt sooner, right? Yes. And yes. investing more.
4: Yeah. So yeah that, that, makes, that makes sense. I appreciate it. I guess yeah. it's kind of like a mindset
1: split. A hundred percent. It's more mindset than the numbers because that few hundred bucks you'll pay on that is going to be nothing yes. compared to the feeling of debt freedom.
0: Love that!
4: Awesome, and Carol. Hey, one day, at a football party with my Brady jersey on. it is. Yes. Yes. Oh, there it
0: is. Fired, okay. She's, hey, listen. <laughs> do you, all right? Got to ask you, Kara. Do you keep Belichick or do you fire him? You're on the spot.
4: Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm going to keep him. (laughs) Oh, there
0: it is, folks. All right, a little bit of football. You can look him up later. I know, he's the
1: grumpy guy. He's always looking so grumpy, you know, because
0: he realizes he cut his sleeves off his sweatshirt, and he regrets that. I think every game he's like, oh, that was a bad move. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for the call, Kara. All right, let's go to Albuquerque, New Mexico. John joins us there. John, how can we help?
5: Hi, guys. How are you doing this morning? Uh,
0: We're having a blast. What's going
5: on? Okay. So, um, I have a question. Uh, I was wondering if it would be a good idea to do a 401k loan to pay off a lot of debt that I have in collections. Why I ask is because, um, 18 months ago I was injured at work and my company shut down a hundred year old trucking company. Um, and I have a new job, but I have to get my queue clearance for, um, secret documents and stuff. Um, I'm wondering if that's gonna inhibit me from getting that job, having the debt in collections.
0: Do you have any evidence that that would
5: be the case? Um, nobody's told me that. They said, "Oh, as long as you show that you know you're you're paying it. You know, I, I have a plan, um, and I'm working on paying them." How much do you owe? Um, but I, What's in um, collections? So I, so I have about seven k total. Um, because when I was hurt, I was only making two thirds of my income, which is why I kind of got behind. Um, I have seven thousand. I was sued last month for thirty nine, for for thirty four hundred, and I'm paying off another judgment at the end of this month. So, what is your income now? Um, the new job is going to be before I get my my clearances uh, ninety thousand, and then I get an extra twenty thousand after I get my clearance. But are you currently working? Um. Yes, I'm. I'm working with them. I, I'm going through the process now. I submitted all my documents. Hold on. You're
1: saying you're already getting financial. paid
5: by these people? Yes.
1: Okay. So, you, but you don't have the job yet.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I. have the job. I'm going to work. I'm training. It's going okay. to be training. Okay. We're okay. We're confused
0: because you said the new job that you're hoping to get, and you're worried that you couldn't get it with all this collection. Now you're saying you're working for them. So we're really confused.
5: Okay. So I'm working for them that the job is contingent with me getting uh, my clearance. That's why everybody's uh, at the new job is saying, oh, don't worry about it. You know, if you're here, you know, you're they, already they in the building you.
1: on the payroll, man, I wouldn't worry about it. And if they ask, then say, Hey, listen, here's what I'm plan. at. Let me update them. I'm working on paying this off. Here's what happened. Be honest, tell them the story and let them know it. It's going to be cleared up real soon. So no to okay.
0: the 401k loan. You don't need to make, George, tell him why that's going to make life even worse than getting rid
1: of all this collected debt. Well, it's putting your future behind. And then they're still going to see a 401k loan if they check your credit report. And so it's not, you're just moving debt from one place to another. And so I'd rather you just be honest and upfront say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm working on settling these debts. They should be cleaned up the next few months. I mean, you're making about six figures. How quickly could you pay all of this off making six figures? So few between months.
5: between all the debt we have, I'm thinking, uh, well, the collections, I should be able to pay off in six months at least. Um, right. Our total debt, we're thinking 18 to 24 at, at max. Um, so let's prioritize the
1: collections debt to get that out of our life and then focus on, you know, we'll be making minimum payments on the rest of our consumer debt until we're out of that. Then we'll go hard doing the debt snowball. But just be okay. honest and upfront say, hey, listen, less than six months, this is cleaned up. Here's what happened. But again, you're already on payroll. It's not like, yeah. They like you.
0: They've given you some evidence that they're not worried about it. And again, you know, listen, it's not an excuse, but you know, you went through a tough situation and, and it's, and, and people understand that. By the way, uh, do you mind, uh, there was a, was it the, uh, was it yellow truck? Is that, is that the company you worked for? Yes. That's amazing. That's a big story. And that's why I asked yeah. him a hundred plus yeah, year we were. massive company that goes out of business.
5: Yeah, with all the our stuff was going on the same time as UPS was, and yep. we were just there in the background. The way talked much about it till yeah,
0: it was a national story when it hit because it's such an old company, it's been around a long time in this new economy and the way things are going. And so, John, that we're talking to here, you know, he he got caught up in that, and that's that's tough stuff. And so, I, I think the moral of the story here is for anybody that's listening or watching, George, that may have a similar situation, be honest. You know, if people want you and they go, you're a good truck driver, you got a nice track record here. Uh, look, be honest. Don't, But don't compound the mistake trying to clean up something Covering that it doesn't up with more need debt. to be covered up. That's the
1: takeaway here. Yeah. I like it. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks you for you the call. glad he bounced back. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Glad. Making six figures now.
0: Yeah. And by the way, if anybody looking to get a really good paying job, the trucking industry needs reliable drivers. It's a massive opportunity. And you can listen to great podcasts like The Ramsey Show. Maybe even George and Rachel's wildly successful. Just a route of a show. Now so you're just fun. ribbing me,
1: Ken. Huh? You're just ribbing us No,
0: now. it's a great show. Tell them what the name is. We Smart can,
1: Money Happy. There
0: life. it is. Check it out while you're in the cab. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show, where we help you win with your money and in your work and in your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by George Camel, this hour 888-825-5225. Hey, if you are new to the show, welcome. And you hear some jargon, if you will, uh, baby step numbers and gazelle intensity and beans and rice, you go, what is this language? We've got a great uh, button for you called Get Started if you're new to all this. And uh, it only takes you a couple of minutes. Click on the Get Started button at RamseySolutions.com. Quick little survey, and it just catches you up to where you are in the financial journey the baby steps that we teach and uh, get you get you kind of integrated quickly ramseysolutions.com the website the mothership and click on the get started button. All right let's get back to the phones. Jennifer joins us now in St. Louis Missouri. Jennifer, how can we help?
6: Hey guys, how are you doing today?
0: We're doing great. How are you?
6: I'm great. I'm Conan. I finished financial ph University back in 2015. Excellent. I've had everything paid off since then, and recently I was hit by a drunk driver, and I'm in a situation of having to purchase a car.
1: Oh, no. Are you okay physically?
6: I am. I am. I'm good. Okay. Financially, I don't want to pay for the new one.
1: Right. (laughs) So what happened uh, insurance-wise?
6: They obviously took all ownership. Uh, My car was paid out, but I drove an old beater with a heater. It was old. Had a lot of miles on it. Mm -hmm. It still ran, so I didn't get a lot for it.
1: Okay, so what was the um, check they wrote you? 10000 That's That's something. It's not bad. I thought it was going to be lower yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you still have the 10000 I do, yeah. Okay. And what's your question today?
6: So my question today is, all these years I've been saving for a home. The only piece of the process I don't have. I have all this saved up, and now I feel like um, I need to take money out for a vehicle and trying to realign what is more important, especially looking at the economy, the market. I'm scared to let go of that money. How much do you spend on a car?
1: What's your income? And how much
6: should I be putting? About $100,000.
1: Amazing. And that's just you? Yeah, I'm single? single source income. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So the parameters on anything with motors in it is no more than 50% of your income. And that includes boats, toys, cars, everything in the house. And so I'm not saying go out and spend 50 grand on a car. You definitely don't need that. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, But I also don't want you to get, you know, a $3,000 car if you don't have to, if you're not Mm -hmm. struggling in debt, trying to climb out of this hole. So do you have any debt right now?
6: None. None. I haven't had debt since 2015.
1: Awesome. And you have an emergency fund?
6: Uh, Yes, a very healthy one.
1: Great. What are we talking?
6: 90 Whoa,
1: and, is that, and that doesn't Goodness. include the money you save
0: for the house. Yes. So okay. how much did you save for the house?
6: Well, it's all in the same savings. Oh, okay. So it's
0: your total I'm trying savings.
6: to decide. That's my six months, yeah. And then I have um, been saving money for the house on the side, trying to get out of that 20% or t- towards that 20%. What are you driving right now? a friend's old car that has a lot of miles on it and might lose a wheel after I turn the corner. Oh, Jennifer, <laughs> you oh, okay.
1: you, yes. you have got to take care of you, especially after that accident <laughs> you were in. My
6: goodness, get yeah. yourself
0: a car. What do you want? Can we dream for a <laughs> moment? Because you've got money. the money.
6: You, it's, you, you earn it, you save it, and you hold on to it. You don't want to let it go.
7: Yeah, but it's, uh,
0: it's uh, <laughs> if you don't figure this out soon... Um, you're going to be driving around a corner, and all the wheels are going to come off like some type of cartoon. So that's <laughs> yeah, not. I don't either. want you calling
1: back in with that call. So what, what kind that. of car do you want?
6: Um, you know, looking at a Blazer or something on the market. I, I go back and forth on new, used. What is the better option or let's right go now? Cars are so expensive.
1: Let's go yeah. use. Unless you've got a net worth of a million bucks or more, I don't want you taking that hit on depreciation before it's you can stomach right it. Now. So, but here's the thing: price. people go, "Well, George, the used car prices there is just as much as new." Not true. No, yeah. no. I'm There's sorry, a but bit it's of false. A
6: but it's tight. It's a it's a tight margin there. Yeah.
1: Well, you're also looking at almost new cars
0: at that point. Yeah, but what have you been looking at? These Blazers. What are they? What are they going for? Something that's two or three, four years old. What is it going for?
6: Um, about two or three, probably about thirty-five, forty.
0: Okay. Well, what about a five to seven year old version? I haven't looked there yet. So that's looking, where I would go. That's where I would go.
1: I drive a 10-year-old vehicle, Yeah, and I'm doing fine financially, but I see you no know, need to just upgrade to the latest and greatest for fun. I do that with iPhones. Yeah. That's where I do it, Ken, not oh, with cars. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Well, a lot less <laughs> Much risk. smaller price point. So, Jennifer, here's what I would do. I would split your savings. I don't like having a giant pile that's your emergency fund plus car plus down payment because then it hurts. When you parse it yeah. out and you put 35 in a car fund, and you put 40 in the emergency fund, and you put 50 in the house down payment fund, now we have names for these things. So then you don't feel bad spending from the car fund. Okay,
6: makes sense.
1: But I would take your time with it. We've got a great car buying guide at RamseySolutions.com that you can access, and it's going to walk you through all the steps. I want you to do this the smart way. Don't be desperate. I know it's a crazy time in the car market. Do a test drive. Get the inspection done. Go to a reputable, independent used car dealership. Do your research ahead of time. You better know more about that car than the dealer yeah. does.
0: Yeah, but can I Look just I say? Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think you do. And Jennifer, listen. I I just bought a
0: car for my son. I got another kid coming up in April. I'm looking at used cars all the time because I'm in that market. And yeah. I will tell you that if you do some search in your area, search between 15 and 20 grand, smaller midsize SUVs. Don't limit yourself to a Blazer. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised uh, what you might be able to find. Um, I just got a Ford Explorer for my son, uh, paid $12,000, and it was a 2010, is a 2010, in immaculate condition, 100,000 miles. Bought it from an older couple, fabulous car for a a 17-year-old boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I pulled that car up to your house right now, you'd go bananas. It's that nice. It's in great shape inside and out. So I'm just giving you, and I'm telling you, search between 15 and 20, just so you can see what your options are because that's a number that, George, I think I like that number based on your recommendation. It's nowhere near the 50% mark.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to make you feel some guilt and then you're going to see that card depreciate and because you're a numbers person, it's going to hurt even more. And so that's why I tell you, Find the happy middle ground. It doesn't need to be the worst trailblazer you've ever seen in your life. It doesn't need to be the brand new one. And don't let them talk you into that when you're on the lot, which is why I don't want you to start at the brand new car dealership. Start your search it's online. Overwhelming.
2: Yeah.
1: It, yeah, exactly. It's overwhelming. So start online and start to get a feel for, hey, mm-hmm. here's what I can get in this range. Do I want to up it? Do I want to bring it down? And then do the test drive, get the inspection, write a personal check or cashier's check mm-hmm. and be done with it. Don't let them swindle you into warranties and all kinds of random fees.
6: No, yeah, I've never purchased it. I've always bought new used, and what I bought new used then is now twenty thousand dollars more today. So it's just
1: crazy how much. That's what hurts even more for those that are car shopping these days. And I'll I'll say this to
0: Jennifer, to our entire audience, George, uh, I'm a fan. I always look at like Facebook Marketplace things like that where I can talk to a real person, and I like to go look at the car, talk to them, look them in the eye, say, Hey, are you willing to let me take this to my mechanic? And if they are, now you know you're in probably good shape. And all cash is powerful. And you never know who's selling a car right now because they're swimming in debt. True. So you walk up and let's say somebody listed a car at 15 and let's say it's right at the blue book value, maybe it's a little high or whatever, go in and go, look, I'll give you 13 cash today. Whoa, 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 you never know what could happen there, George. They want cash, absolutely. And You show them the cash,
1: you know. And I just did a nice search on Auto Trader here, Ken, for fun, and I'm seeing plenty of 2021 Trailblazers going for 20 to 26 thousand dollars. So perfectly in her price range, she's got the cash to do it. Beautiful cars; they look brand new. So yeah, it's an option. There it is. You, you got options. this idea that well, the brand new ones, well, the brand new ones are 40, right? And so yeah, you could find used ones that are 35. They got a few miles on it but there's other options out there don't yeah. back yourself into a corner and make a stupid decision because yeah. you wanted it for your own ego yeah. that's what people do a lot of the time that's right and everybody wants to say they got the new car but they're just
0: literally mortgaging their life away to drive a nice new car and then
1: they're underwater on it calling our show yeah so don't do that yeah don't be do smart that.
0: oh it's crazy my gosh i'm gonna have to get some uh Pepsi at AC on the cars, break. sports. What an hour about for you Ken. Cars for my kids has got me stressed out. But good hour, George. Want to thank James and the crew for keeping us on the air. We want to thank you, America. This is your show. This is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. The phone number to jump in your question is 888-825-5225, 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my esteemed colleague and dear friend, George Camel with a K. K K-A-M-E-L if you're keeping score at home. Uh, You can follow him on all the socials by uh, punching in those uh, those letters as well.
1: And at Ken Coleman, which is confusing because the K for Ken, C for Coleman. Uh-huh. Don't get it twisted. I see a lot of alliteration there. It's easy to remember. Ken Coleman. And uh,
0: all of the Barbie stuff has really changed my name. Like Kennergy and I. I, 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 I largely flew under the radar uh, until the Barbie movie came out. And now everybody's got jokes and puns. Have you seen it? I haven't.
1: I think it's time.
0: No, my wife and daughter went to see it as appropriate. But uh, I would lose my man card. And uh, and so I, I choose to keep my man card. I'm not going to go see it. I but, love that you're uh, gonna still to, there. I'm going to try to bring the Kinergy. Uh, there it is.
1: So I am Knuff. See, <laughs> all these are just awful. It just hits different when you say it versus Ryan Gosling. I'm just saying. I agree. It's a different
0: tone. I'll never be as cool as Ryan Gosling, But but I digress. To the phones we go, thankfully. Josh is on the line in Austin, Texas. Josh, how can we help?
8: Yeah. Hey guys. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, quick question on my mortgage. I got a 30 year arm mortgage and, um, it adjusts every eight years and I'm coming up on the eight years. And so the rate, it never goes below 4% and it never goes above 8%. And, um, so I was just wondering, should I refinance it? Or is that something that just, you know, just kind of keep just paying extra on it a month?
1: Have you looked into the terms of what it would look like to refinance?
8: So, I was looking around, like, kind of online and just looking. I, I went through Churchill, and I I contacted them, and they really, I, I told them, I said, you know, if it's not doesn't make sense to refinance, I'm not going to. And uh, I kind of just dropped the ball and really never felt, followed up with them. And that was a while back when the rates were still, you know, around five or six. So, I think they're around, like, seven right now. To yeah, death. they're it, gonna. They're it, just gonna
1: keep climbing as the mortgage interest rates keep getting climbing. Getting closer to eight as we speak. Because the arms are just right. transferring the risk of rising interest rates to you.
8: Yeah, and the thing is, is the the, the amortization charges flips whenever the rate you know adjusts. So I'm back at square one, anyways. I just didn't know. I mean, we're debt free right now. Um, we're in four, five, and six. I just didn't know if it makes sense to, you know, just keep. We're making an extra house payment every month, as it is. Yeah. Towards towards the mortgage that
1: i would person. definitely look into refinancing and just you can you can run the numbers they can show you exactly when you would kind of roi on this uh, but right okay. now rates that we just got the the latest numbers 30 years are at 7.8 15 years are at 7.03 um not true it's it's jumped over uh eight now i don't know what site that is uh it's called google google mm-hmm. what do they know yeah Who knows what they are right now, but if you can lock in one below eight, you're going to be way better off.
8: I got you. Yeah, that was my main question. And one other question, if you guys have time. Sure. Uh, is it Blue Bell ice cream that you are putting in these uh, root beer floats, or is it uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's? What, oh, what
0: it's, it's well, I don't know what George's answer is, but for me it's Blue Bell every day of the week and twice on okay,
1: Sunday.
8: thank you. Thank you. You can come to Texas George, anytime call now. me. Nah,
1: see that? I got an invite to Texas. Call me a bougie New Englander, but I'll take Ben and Jerry's over Blue Bell any day.
8: Oh, my gosh. we yeah. got to change his mind, Ken. I
0: know. that's He lost a lot of votes as being a man of the oh, people.
8: Yeah. I'm way he ahead he in that race
1: Texas. right now. I'm sorry. I Listen, if you can buy it by the gallon, the ice cream's not that great. That's all I'm saying. No shade at Bluebell. But if you can buy it in a giant bucket, how good, how high quality
0: is this ice cream? There's a reason why it's in the larger container. We want more of it. That's where yeah. you missed this. Tell him, Josh. It's, it's quantity over quality for Ken. All right. I'm going to stop you while you're ahead, George. You're losing people by the <laughs> America's minute. America now. Americans are now me. going, how can I trust financial advice from a guy
1: who doesn't like Blue Bell ice cream? George, you got to read the Ben room. and Jerry's has more exciting flavors, and I stand by that. Although Blue Bell two-step, you can't beat it. All right. Very good.
0: Let's go to Natalie, who's up. joining us in Key West, Florida. Natalie, how can we help?
6: Hi, thank you so much for taking my question. Um, So my question is, I was in a car accident last month, and long story short, my life kind of flashed before my eyes, and I'm wondering if I should use the settlement money as a buffer until I find something that I truly love, because I'm in a job where um, I just am not feeling fulfilled.
0: Mm -hmm. How much money did you get from the settlement?
6: I got about $22,000. Um, oh. I had just paid off my car, <laughs> oh. and then the car accident happened, um, but I did get about 22000 and I, I do have some in savings as well.
1: Do you have a car now? No. Is that a problem?
6: Um, Not. I've been able to manage without it.
1: What have you been doing for transportation?
6: Um, I've been getting rides, and the next step for me, I was either thinking about getting a jalopy or taking the bus.
0: All right. What is your income now?
6: Um, I make about 90000 a year.
0: Wow. What do you do?
6: Um, I work in hospitality accounting.
0: Okay. So what is it that you would like to do? Because somebody who has thought long and hard about the question you just asked, can I use my settlement money until I find a job that I enjoy? I think you've probably thought about what it is you'd like to do. So what is it that you would like to do?
6: So I have been playing around with the ideas of traveling, and I also have um, some side hustles that I've been doing. Um, I like to thrift and to resell, and also like Amazon Influencer with user-generated content. Um, I just feel like if I didn't have this job, I might be able to focus on that, but I think...
1: Why can't you do it on the side for Uh, now and get that off the ground and see if it's lucrative?
6: Yeah. Um, I'm doing it now on the side, but I'm also in grad school, so I haven't been uh, able okay. to focus on it as much as now I have Now
0: we're can. getting somewhere. Why grad school, and how deep are you into it? Give me the quick answer.
6: So I um, have two more semesters, and I'm taking classes so I can uh, eventually get my CPA.
1: I'm but so we confused. Don't, but you
0: don't want to be a CPA.
6: I do, but I don't want to work in hospitality accounting. Okay, na- okay.
0: All right, so why don't Okay, so here's the quick answer because we got about a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's here's what I would do if I were you. I would mm-hmm. stay in the current accounting job because you're making really nice money. I would mm-hmm. use the settlement money that you got to actually pay cash for a good car so that you mm-hmm. have some freedom and options, okay? And you're making really good money and so that I would be looking for a path to becoming a CPA in a different industry i.e. not the hospitality industry. That's what you want to do. And you can keep dawdling around on the side with these side hustles. And if they take off, great. But what you really want to be is a CPA. So uh, I would not use the settlement money to live off of while you try to find a different job. That is not wise. Settlement money, replace the car. Stay in the $90,000 accounting job. Finish the grad degree. Work the connections. I'm going to give you my best-selling book. The proximity principle. Use it to become a CPA in a different industry, and now you have the best of all worlds. Thank you for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Very insightful.
7: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life. Anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey
0: Show, where we talk with you about your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. The phone number for you to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. It's time for our question of the day, and it is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. It's time to handle those projects before winter makes you push pause and neighborly has top quality home service providers like mr rooter glass doctor and more so find the and book the local help that you need
1: by downloading the neighborly app today today's question comes from reese in kentucky buckle up ken all right thank you all so much finding your channel on youtube last december has been life-changing for me getting out of debt I've been struggling with deciding to change jobs, and the question I've been struggling with is, how do I move forward in expanding my skills and my career without feeling guilty about leaving my current job? They go on to say, I've been aware for some time that I'm underpaid, however, I know I'm valued considering the added responsibilities that have been given to me since I started here. The company I work for does not offer health insurance or a 401k. I've developed a great working relationship with my supervisor, who has been a great mentor to me. The relationship has me feeling guilty about even applying for other jobs. This is challenging as I try to get through baby step two, as I know I want to increase my primary income. I found another company offering better pay, incentives, benefits, and 401k options, but I'm afraid leaving my current job. Oh, boy. While we're also understaffed, will sour the relationships I've built.
0: Yeah, so Reese is one of the nicest people on the planet. Salt of the earth. And because of that, this guilt uh, is is coming over you and actually uh, I've coached so many people on this issue that I will start with saying Reese and anybody that's feeling this the guilt is actually an excuse that you're making because you're afraid Ooh. of moving on and you the, the change that you know and all any change is 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 fraught with fear because it's, it involves some unknowns and so guilt comes in as a well I I will be a jerk if I leave this nice boss that I have now. And uh, the bottom line is, is that you're not doing anything wrong legally. You're not doing anything wrong ethically. So guilt doesn't need to come into the equation. So no guilt. uh, You can be grateful and focus on gratitude, not guilt. Grateful for the opportunity that you had. Grateful for the opportunity that you're getting to make more money and get out of the baby steps faster and move forward. You cannot control what people will say about you when you leave anyway. So don't worry about it. Be classy. Leave the way you would want
1: someone to leave you in the same situation and move forward. So take the job. Stop thinking about it. I'll add this. It reminds me of a quote from a a psychologist, Dr. Gabor Maté. I believe that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Could also be from Brene Brown, according to Deloney. He's heard it there too. Okay. Choose guilt over resentment every time. And someone like Reese, because I'm this kind of personality, of the kind of the helper I feel, people pleaser, right. that's who Reese is. Yeah. She's going to get resentful mm-hmm. over time as she's now I feeling agree. stuck. I'm going, I should have left five years ago, but here I am, still stuck today, still underpaid, no benefits. I'd rather he f- her feel guilty than resentful. I agree. Uh and uh, Ken Coleman, me, once said,
0: I'd rather disappoint someone than resent them. That's Ooh. my version. See how I stole that like an artist?
1: It's more conversational.
0: So, a little uh, extra bonus point. That's how you take someone else's quote and make it your own, and you didn't plagiarize. So a yeah. little extra bonus content there. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people feel that because they don't want to disappoint someone when
1: you leave. And
0: that's just part of it
1: you know, well, it's I, yeah. like a breakup when you leave an employer, especially That's when you love. Sad. He's very it relational.
0: You can tell that Reese is very relational and I get that. So there you go. Appreciate the question. Back to the phones we go. 888 Michael is on the line in Dover, Delaware. Michael, how can we help?
8: Hi, Ken and George. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. You bet. What's up? So quick question. Um, I've been heavily um I'm starting basically I hang on let me read this I've been investing heavily and I'm about to sell my car to get a reliable 5 to 10,000 dollar beater in order to get out of debt um uh, my uh I'm very grateful to have this opportunity but I'm in sales and I'm moving to a new store in the company with now about a year of experience uh where I have the potential to make anywhere from 150 to 250k Um, with obviously a ton of potential to move beyond that with promotions. My question is, I have a very well-connected family friend over in London, and he actually gave me an opportunity to move into real estate over there. Uh, I don't want to regret not making the move, um, just to kind of expand my horizons. But on the other hand, obviously, I have an amazing opportunity where I'm at. And I don't want to lose opportunity costs if that makes any sense. So just call and do a see what your guys. Are so about so, about.
0: what is the job? This this one fifty to two fifty. What is this job? What are you doing?
8: Yeah yeah, so I'm currently in car sales. Um i'm, uh, I'm current well in the new position I'll be making like one fifty to two fifty, but I was making right. Like but is that year. car
0: sales? Just you're just yeah. moving within the industry correct okay and, and so the this same
8: dealership but yeah, same dealership. Same dealership. Yeah. okay
0: and do you enjoy selling
8: i do i do like it a lot
0: do you like selling cars more than you would like selling houses
8: <laughs> i guess that's a good question i that's I, why I've, I've i asked houses. it that's, that's why i'm now. on the show today
1: <laughs> so what's pulling you towards uh this buddy in london
8: uh, more so than anything, I just I kind of want to be able to expand my horizons if that makes any sense. At all. Yeah. I don't want to feel stuck in one place. How old are time. you, Michael? 19.
0: 19. And yeah. is this guy, uh, is he successful, or did he just get his real estate license in London, and he's like, woohoo, let's have an adventure? What's the story?
8: So, um, actually, I got connected through him, through a gentleman, for, through one of the general managers within my car dealership, um, which is also a very close family friend, and he's been doing it for quite a while. He's very successful in what he's doing. How old he is he? the whole thing. Um, he's like 24, um, and his, yeah, and so...
0: The 24-year-old's very successful been doing it a long time. He might be successful, but he's not <laughs> been doing anything a long time. He's 24, so... I, here's what I'm trying to get to, and I, I, I'm literally I'm old enough to be your dad. It pains me to say that. I'm really trying to play your dad right now. Uh, I like the idea at 19 of taking a shot to go to London and work. I like it on the surface, as I think if, if you're going to do that, I think it's great to see the world. Especially I think especially while you're young. Yeah, especially while you're young, you can come back and sell cars. For this same automotive group, it feels like when you're done, because it's all close family friends. I love your family. I'd like to be part of your family. sounds like being a part of your family is very advantageous. I'm so,
8: very blessed to be in the family, I'm in for sure.
0: I could tell. So on that, I go, all right, I got two wins here. I got two check marks for yes. One, you're 19. You got an opportunity to go see the world and work. Two, you got a great gig that's connected to family relationships which connected you to this guy in London. So it feels like you could come back at any time. The only thing I don't understand is, and uh, do you know that you know that you're going to be able to come in there and sell some houses? If you do what this guy tells you, what kind of money is he projecting that you will make and how long?
8: Yeah, that's honestly a good question. And, um, I, I, my assumption he told me close to around 200 starting out so starting out uh, I, you know yeah.
0: you got to sell a house right in order to make right, money right
8: for sure well, so it's supposedly it's some sort of uh closing gig so okay so uh,
0: you need more details
1: there's a lot of assumptions yeah. and supposedlys and I want firm yeah. numbers and facts
0: i'm not flying across the pond on a whim even at 19 so get some details on on this you really want me what's the training look like what do you estimate? If I bust my butt, do what you tell me to do. How long would it take me to to sell a house? I think if I think if you got a good upside here, and I get the family friends' opinion that connected to this young guy, let's get some more facts, and then if it feels right and it's not a big risk, other than hey, I don't make any money, I come back to my job, then I say go for it, George. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean the car sales will always be there. But this adventure at 19, I think he's going to miss out and go, man, what would that been like? That would have been cool. I love I love our good friends
0: over in London. I love high tea. It's about That's what that Ken's time, going George. for. Maybe I'll see if James can bring us in a little high tea setup for our next segment. We'll see. I don't have my hopes very high. No. This is The Ramsey Show. The Ramsey Show continues. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell is with me. The phone number for you is 888 888- 825 5225, 5225. Let's go to Dale now, who joins us in San Antonio, Texas. Dale, how can we help?
8: Yes, I had a question for you guys in regards to the Titan. Um, I'm an owner operator uh, in the oil field. And um, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably remember how uh, the oil, you know, all the oil prices changed a while back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been. Uh, you know basically got behind on all of our bills including our mortgage um, and uh, just a, a month ago um, our truck actually caught fire and the insurance company's not going to cover it oh so no. now we're yeah so now we're uh, we're basically working as a uh, you know contract driver only making like thirty percent of the pay so and then we also found out that there's a chance that my wife might be you know losing her job here soon. And, uh, cause she's a, uh, you know, works off of a con like a contract temporary type job. But, um, basically we were trying to figure out like, what are we supposed to do when it comes to tidying if there may not be any money coming in that week or, you know, not enough to be able to cover the bills since, you know, we're behind on pretty much everything.
1: Mm. I'm so sorry to hear about all that, Dale. You yeah. guys are going through it, man.
0: Do you, before we get into that, do you guys have a plan? Are you actively looking for a replacement job for her if that shoe falls if you will and then what, what are your what's your option what are your
8: options well i'm uh my wife is is currently looking you know it's not very easy to to find because um she working remotely is the best option for her um but uh she is looking at at other options even if it includes you know working at nighttime okay um but our our kids go to a school that like 30 minutes from us because we were kind of like outside of the city a little ways. And then, um, for myself, basically I I actually got a job driving, uh, driving for the owner of the company I was contracted with. And so, you know, we're, we're, the industry is starting to catch back up and starting to get busy again. It's just, you know, taking, taking the pay cuts, is is kind of a huge thing, but you know, with with really not having any savings at the moment, um, you know, it, it's going to be a while before I can save up enough to be able to buy another truck. Hmm. Okay. You know, even if it's do you, a, you guys it, it, have debt right now? Yeah, we do.
1: Okay, so you guys um, we've, are really we've been trying to, at ground zero and baby step one here.
8: Yeah, and we we've actually been at baby step one for a little while. We've been trying to tackle things, but you know, it's, it's been kind of hard.
1: Well, I think number one, uh, Ken can help you on the career side. We need to find something stable because your wife is wanting to work remote, but these are temporary contracts. So I'd rather her working something that's uh, for a longer period of time, that's more stable and for you to potentially switch fields. I mean, if it's looking like this is not going to bounce back quickly, do you need to switch fields temporarily in order to bring in income? Right. And on the tithing side, you know, tithing comes from the first fruits. And so if the harvest is light, the tithe is going to be light. So I wouldn't stress about what happens if there's no income. Just figure out, hey, what was the paycheck this month? All right, we're going to give a little bit of that, and we're going to give a little until we can go back to giving a lot. But it's a, it's a really a matter of the heart. I wouldn't stress about it during this time as you guys are trying to get back on your feet.
0: Now, do you have other ideas as to are you just trying to tread water right now? Uh, with this current driving job, with the boss of the company where you're contracted, or are you just trying to tread water until the the oil industry opens back up, or is there other driving jobs or anything else? Quite frankly, even in a trade where you can get your income back up to where you were.
8: Well, I don't, I don't think I. There may be a possibility somewhere, but you know, going from an owner operator to a contract driver is it, just it's just a huge pay sure pay decrease sure. no matter what right and the the industry itself is starting to rebound and so i we have tons of work in the pipeline so i I don't see it being a problem it's just it's going to be a while before i can actually get back into my own truck so how how long uh i don't know it depends on how how busy things are and you know uh, also in regards to like Trying to catch up on our our debts because that has or catch up on our bills. Right, but my, here's here's what the reason first. I'm
0: asking you why is because we need a plan here. And so, if okay. on one hand you're telling me the industry is coming back and the pipeline is full to where you could be owner operator and get your income back up, if I'm understanding you right, that's what you just said. So, what right. is your best guess as to when the pipeline begins to uh, move again? And you're back at it again because the income is there so that you can pay the debt off. Because right now you're not making it up. So it's either or. We've got to get busy with two or three or four jobs right now. Or we are treading water until... So I I want to know, best guess, when can you be making the money again as the owner-operator?
8: If I buy the cheapest truck I can get my hands on? Yeah. uh, It could be six months, maybe maybe three months but when it comes to driving truck it's not like you can take you know extra jobs and, and whatnot you have to run what you have and change companies and stuff like that but you can't really like take on extra jobs
0: are oh, you talking about in, re- in regards to your current gig
8: yeah as, as a truck driver
0: yeah but but my point is if i'm swimming in debt and you are I'm not going to go. Well, I can't work extra jobs because of my current job. I could screw the current job and go get me three yeah, or four. Yeah, can you of just go ones.
1: work for a different company and drive their like, truck as a contractor? Uh,
8: not, not while working. You know the company that I'm with.
1: Okay, what I'm, I'm saying is,
0: the, is, Dale. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be tough here in the sense of you are drowning. You need income. And, and we've got the program, and George can help you, and we walk you through getting rid of the debt, but you need income. And so if it's six more months before the pipeline gets back going to where you can get back in the business, buy the cheapest truck possible, and get back on your feet, pay the debt, But but it doesn't make sense to just tread water when you're about to drown right now because you go, well, I'm a contract truck driver. Well, go do something else. Go do three or four or five things. I think it's that serious. At least that's how it sounds to me. Am I right or am I wrong?
8: You are right. It's just that in the the, the industry I'm at, the only way I can make more money is by owning my own truck. Okay.
0: So I, I'm going to say it again. Dale, get out of that industry. You're just driving for somebody else right now. Get out of that industry. Go do something else. You're limiting yourself. What your are you making words. right now?
8: Yeah, well, so, I mean, it, that's what I'm doing right now, though. I mean, it's, this is the best thing that. So,
1: what is your income right now, Dale? Financially, with this part-time contract it, stuff.
8: Well, it's it's full-time, but it's uh hundred a year.
1: Okay, and you're telling me a hundred a year, you can't pay off some debt and get we, back to we,
8: some foundation. Well, we we can now. The last the last six months have been well below that, and I probably should have left a long time ago to go do something else for a while, and I did
1: I think there's other issues here, though, if we're stuck in baby step one, which is $1,000, and you're bringing in now 100000 and we're still stuck in this phase.
8: Right. No, and I understand that. It's just that we we started a, a little late. Like, we started this when everything kind of changed. So, we were, you know, we were doing more than 100000 before that. This is just you know, we are doing probably. I think you mm-hmm. and
1: your wife need to sit down and make a budget based off what's coming in this month and go, this is our plan. We're going to stick to it. I'll gift you one year of every dollar premium so that it connects to your bank. You can drag the transactions in, but you guys need to agree on this plan because right now it feels like you've been floating through life. Life has happened to you, but you've also just kind of let life happen to you, and it's time to get in the driver's seat, pun intended, Dale and just get busy we
0: are in an economy right now at 3.8 percent unemployment rate there are jobs all over the place get after it for heaven's sakes go work five jobs for six months or whatever it takes to get some margin don't limit yourself this is the ramsey show
3: All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey Trusted Agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey Trusted Agent near you at RamseySolutions.com agent. RamseySolutions.com agent.
0: Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour, and we are thrilled that you are with us, talking about your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. And uh, our very we, this is very exciting. We have a uh, first time event that is happening in just weeks. It's our first ever money and marriage getaway. Now we've done the money and marriage events before, George, as you know. I think you and I both hosted a version of those oh, yeah. at some point. They're fun. Uh, but this is a getaway, October 19 through 21, right here on our campus. You and your spouse are going to be equipped with tools to cast vision for your family, set goals, and create a life you both love. At this getaway, you're going to have undistracted time to disconnect from life and reconnect with your spouse. Rachel Cruz, Dr. John Deloney will be your guides as they discuss money, communication, boundaries, and intimacy. And uh, you're, you're going to be on this as well. I'll you be and speaking Jay on Marshall. budgeting. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, so that's uh, one more reason.
0: One more reason. And Jade Warshaw, let's mention Jade as well. Uh, tickets cost $799 for this multi-day event if you're out of debt for a and couple. you've got room in the budget. So yeah, 799 for a couple. Incidentally, it's very uh, near the number of $735 that NFL and college football fans said they might spend over the course of a season.
1: Now, one is an investment into the National Football League. One is an investment into your marriage. Choose wisely, guys. I don't know. I'm going to say that investing in
0: me being a fan is for my mental health. Oh, there we go. I wish John Deloney was here to psychoanalyze that. Yeah, I wouldn't care what he had to say because I'm right. When I watch football with my family and friends, it is making me better. I
1: learned what Friday Night Lights is thanks to you, Ken. So I appreciate that. Exactly. Exactly. thought, why are people
0: going to see lights? What's so special about these lights? Well, it's what's happening under the lights, George. Uh, so, if you would like to come to Nashville for our Money and Marriage getaway, don't forget the dates: October 19th to twenty-one. Still a few tickets left. RamseySolutions.com/slash/events. RamseySolutions.com/slash/events. Now, George, uh, you and I—we sit next to each other, uh, not just when we host a show, but 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 uh, d- during the day.
1: That's and called a double blessing.
0: It's a double blessing. George and I actually like each other, but we sit three feet away when we are actually in the office, and we talk from time to time about. Your proclivity. You like that word? That's a big one. It is. People look it up. I'm, I'm trying not sure to I can educate afford America. that word. Yeah. Uh you like to get into the comments, whether it be the YouTubes, yeah, the
1: Instagrams, the Facebooks, the TikToks. You're in the comments. Nothing makes you feel older than adding an S to everything that doesn't need one. Which is why I do it. Do you also say Walmarts or Kroger's? I will start Are you that guy. I'm gonna start saying that. That's my favorite. Uh, I'm going to tell Stacy on the way home, going to the Kroger's. Well, I feel as young as ever, thanks to you, Ken. Yeah, and That's my goal. Uh,
0: well, but you've it's got true.
1: A, so you've got an Instagram comment that I want to this get to. This was from YouTube, from my YouTube channel. Oh,
0: from I apologize. And occasionally, I occasionally... need to read my notes
1: better. So on the George Campbell YouTube channel, at the end of the videos, I'll say, hey, leave a comment with XYZ. And so on this particular video, it was millionaire reacts to what I spend in a week. I said, hey, let me know in the comments your dumbest money mistakes be vulnerable okay we'd love to hear it okay and so uh randomness 5074 username that's the username yeah here it is on the screen i don't want to slide by that too do you know what atm means ken do you know what that means as an acronym uh automatic teller machine no at the moment
7: oh i thought you were
1: really at the
0: moment yep so he says, see, I don't like all this. It makes me feel so old. I don't know what any of that means. You'll understand the rest. He I, said, I
1: think that WTF means why the face. Why the frown. There we go. Is okay. that from Modern Family? It is. That's a good reference. Yeah. So he said, ATM at the moment, my dumbest purchase was 400 shares of Rivian stock at $65. Ooh. Now, was Rivian this new SUV I see about Electric town. truck company, very cool cars. Uh, here's the thing, Ken. I then Googled. Well, I'm curious. What's the Rivian share now? Because clearly he's upset that he purchased it. 400 shares
0: at 65.
1: Yes, which, by the way, if you're doing the math at home, comes out to $26,000 this oh, boy. This young person spent. What's the stock price at now? It's now at $18, which means uh, 400 we, times 18, Ken, 7,200. Do we know why? Uh, well, I don't think Rivian has been doing great. They've been taking some losses, which has hurt their share price if you look at the five-year uh, track here, it's not been going well. But it was a great reminder for those of you, especially young people who go, you know what, I let, Dave's advice is fine with the 401Ks and IRAs, mutual funds, boring. I'm going to get into single stocks. I'm going to put all my money on this one company to do well over the foreseeable future. And I looked at when the price was at 65. It was back around January 2022. Okay. And so we're talking, uh, you know, Almost, almost coming up on two years, and this bet did not pay off. And I'm guessing that's when the company came out. Like they probably that was their debut. It's been I'm going guessing. downhill for a while. Basically, he bought it on the downslope, and it just kept going. Oh, down. Oh boy, oh boy. So that is your. He lost uh, what 18 grand so far, 19 grand on this deal. Wow. So there's your lesson for those of you out there dabbling in single stocks. I don't own a single stock. I have mutual funds inside of my 401k and IRA that are giant groups of stocks. And so that is the way to diversify, Ken, so you don't get burned on something like this.
0: Yeah, and so I want to stay here because this is we have a lot of people that are new to the program coming in. And so I do want to park here. So, for the person going, "Okay, I hear, but that was that stock. They they could have done their homework. They should have you know, all the objections. If you're going to play that single stock and win, you have got to be monitoring that all the time. Oh, it's obsessive. It's the same... Th- like, uh, What would that have to look like? Which I want to add to the just it's not practical to play the single stock game because you have
1: got to be, A, paying attention all the time, almost a day trader, if you will. Yeah, which those folks lose a whole lot of money. And anyone trying to get you into day trading is about to make money off of you, and you're about to lose your butt. And so that's what we've seen time and time again. There's very few that get into single stocks and go, Ken, I, I did GameStop and I'm, I'm a millionaire now right. overnight. You get the occasional call like that. But most of them are, hey, I was day trading. I got into single stocks. I got into sports betting, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And I've lost my butt and I'm in debt. Because now right. the scary part is people are going into debt right. to, uh, right. to gamble. There's a reason why there are stock professionals and
0: financial experts. And there's a reason why mutual funds have such a great track record over the history with all these stocks coming together cuz you've got the reams of paper
1: George uh, explain I haven't heard what these, that word in a long time I a know, ream I'm, of I'm, paper
0: well i'm bringing them all out today apparently but i mean the amount of research that, oh, that yeah. i want people to understand why we go with mutual funds because of the research involved the expertise it's why it's so safe and as a result over a long term you're going to win yes
1: these are you know what we call actively managed funds and so there's someone who's actively choosing the funds, the stocks that go into these mutual funds, and they have done so much more. That's all they do. They live and breathe right. what's going on in the news, what companies are up and coming, what the changes they're making are, how that's going to affect share prices. And the best news is I don't look at my 401k every day. I look at it like twice a year. Yeah, I can't access it anyways, so I'm just going, oh. Right. Cool. Good to know. Right. Versus single stocks or crypto. You're looking at this stuff all the time, obsessing over it. It's affecting your mental health, your relationships, and of course, your finances. Right. And, and you could make the case that single stock investing
0: is a bit of the lottery. It, it, oh, it it's, it's a little bit of uh roulette, if we if we may.
1: It's very volatile, very risky. And uh, I don't own any single stocks. Dave Ramsey doesn't own any single stocks. And for those that are wanting to do it, there's a time and place, and that is when you're already at baby step seven, you're maxing out retirement, and this is play money for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very, very tiny percentage of your world, and you go, all right, if I lose this money, I set it on fire, I'm not going to miss it. Yeah. So that's the key with single stocks. And here's my hot take, and I talk about this uh, a little tease, my new book in January, but here's my hot take on single stocks. Single stocks are like betting all your money on a single racehorse. Mutual funds let you own the racetrack. Ooh. And that's very good, George. Sports analogy for you. And
0: I'm very proud of you. That's on paper I as in hard. your
1: new book. Yeah, I worked hard on that did one. Did anybody give you that idea? No. You did that on own? I was your trying own. to think of a good analogy, and uh I must tell you. My I, brain wanders into sports. Sometimes. I couldn't be any prouder. Uh, as an older brother, I'm
0: proud right now that you have come up with a sports analogy for your new book. And it's a great one, by the way. And that's Thank why you. we've talked about this. Don't get burned. On the single stock betting, you might as well go to the racetrack and go, I'll take horse number 12. All I want to do is
1: go to the Kentucky Derby with you, Ken.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to wear a seersucker suit. I promise you that with white bucks. You were born a seersucker. I look great in seersucker. I'm not going to lie to you, but I digress. Hey, what a great hour. More coming up. Don't move. He's George Campbell. I'm Ken Coleman. James Childs and the crew are the best in the business. We do it all for you, America. It's your show. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman. He is George Camel looking snappy today in his best denim jacket. So snappy. Snappy. You haven't, you haven't been called that in a while, have it's, you?
1: Well, you use proclivity, uh, esteemed colleague. Yeah, yeah, I love the ten dollars words we
0: pick up you when you are hosting. I'm an old soul. I read a lot, and these things just come out. I'm not trying to
1: drop the fifty cent words. And snappy, cent. certainly not. Well, back in the during the Great Depression, when you should have been alive, those words were fifty cents. Now they're ten dollars with inflation, Ken.
0: <laughs> That's good, George. Thank I like you. that. The Great Depression. Wow. With that, we are going to do something special every once in a while. Uh, by the way, before we get to this, I do want to say this. Uh, we have a fabulous, and I do mean this, I don't pick this word uh, lightly, a fabulous group of uh, audience members in the lobby today watching the show. From all over the world. All over the world. We've got some Canadians that were out there. we got people from all across the country. And uh, so I want to point out that you can come watch the Ramsey Show live uh, go to our website and figure out the calendar and and uh, hopefully these folks aren't disappointed that Dave's not here today they get us uh two of the davets <laughs> dave's but, uh, but uh nonetheless they're a great group of people and uh so we'd love to have you come join us sometime got free cookies and free coffees free cookies coffees a mug uh, i'm having myself a delicious uh green tea uh with a little a dollop of honey in it
1: so that's that's now you know ken's nice. drink order guys there
0: you go uh but but i bring this up because every once in a while we'll take a question from the lobby and so we've got a question from lynn and uh, it's work related and so we want to protect the old identity there and sticky and so she's not on camera so you're wondering why we aren't showing lynn because the the sensitivity of this so we're going to help her out so lynn uh take it away what is your question
9: Hey, so I'm really grateful that it's you and not Dave because you're the guy I was hoping to talk to. Wow. Well, yeah. How about clip that? that? Can now, we clip that, James? I'm going to frame
0: it in your house. I, I think I'm say- going to tell my mom. This is exciting. <laughs>
9: Between yesterday and today, we got to see everybody except for Dave, so that's a little sad, but I'm grateful I know, you're here for I know. My I'll tell him. I'll tell him. <laughs> so um, I work in healthcare. I've been working in healthcare for about 13 years as mm-hmm. a clinician. Mm-hmm. About three years ago, I moved into a hybrid role where mm-hmm. I still get to be a clinician and I also am in leadership. Um, and I've always really loved the place I work with or work for, the coworkers I have, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy supervising the about 20 employees that I have. The issue that I'm struggling with is there's about 10 of us in the leadership team, and we're not always on the same page, and so it's gotten to be really difficult to kind of do employee relations and kind of work on the culture because we're not always on the same page, and we don't agree on handling things the right way in the same way all the time so my question is how do i know when it's time to move on to a new place and say like hey this is just not the right place for me or when i really should like buckle down and stay right. and work on the culture from within since yeah. i am a leader
0: okay so um is there a structure any structure within the 10 leaders or are you all equal
9: there is. So there's like um, six managers. Okay. And then there are four supervisors and I'm one of the supervisors. Okay. And so like the four of us are the same and the six of them are the same. Okay. And then it goes on. Up.
0: And so this breakdown of mm-hmm. we can't get on the same page. Correct. Has that been taken up or is it primarily coming from the six above you?
9: Um, We've gone up the ladder with it. It's that they really believe in like everybody needs to be a unified front we all have to have like the same agreed response to everything so it's hard because until you get agreement from everybody we don't move forward it's like
0: a jury every day
9: it yes yes it is so it becomes really hard because i might want to handle an employee relation thing a different way than someone else but then i can't kind of move forward and kind of manage my one of my 20 employees the way like i might want to relate yeah. to them a little different or whatever but if yeah. the group doesn't agree then i don't get to do it
0: okay i'll tell you i think that's bananas okay i think it's bananas okay i think it is absolutely
9: yeah
0: uh mind-numbingly stupid Okay. And it's created tremendous frustration for not only you but I'm guessing
9: for others. For others in the leadership team and I think I yeah. see it um, cuz I try to be really engaged with my employees yeah. and I can see that they're dissatisfied. Right. And I think it would be an easy not an easy change but there'd be a right. way to change it but I just don't know if I have the clout from within that team. Well, it team doesn't sound like you it. do. Yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> and and
0: so because you've so to answer your question. Yes, sir. Do you leave Or when do you know it's time to leave? I I think when you have taken it up the ladder Mm -hmm. and you've said, this feels problematic, this is grinding us to a halt every time we have to just lead, we've got to go into a jury room and come out all together. Right. And this is not a jury. This is not even Congress. (sighs) This is a company. And I think because you've taken it up the ladder and nothing's going to change, I think you have to ask yourself, can you affect culture that was a secondary part of your question right. or do i try to change culture within well, i don't know how you change culture if you can't address your team true so i would tell you that you hit your lid it feels like to me okay. on this opportunity it's time to start looking because okay. i don't think it's going to change
9: right
0: and and i think it's only a matter of time if you were to just bite the bullet mm-hmm. and kind of deal with it where you go from frustration to resentment
9: Right. That's what I'm afraid of because like I said I've always loved the company. I yeah. really love my coworkers and I really like the people yeah. I supervise. I don't want to become resentful, but I also, as a leader, I feel like yeah. I have an opportunity and so I don't want to abandon people. Right. But it, yeah, you can by, like the way, by
0: the way. By the way, for anybody listening and watching right now, what's maddening about this, George, to me is we have people in a leadership position. It's a group of 10 leaders and yet no one's actually leading. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. By the way, folks, you cannot yeah. lead from consensus. Right. I that's just want that point. to sit for a second. Okay. Yeah. You cannot lead from consensus. That that's not leadership. Leadership, by definition, is you're out front, and you're going. This is where we're going. This is why we're going. This is how we're going. Mm. Who's coming with me? It's the Jerry Maguire moment. And this is this is just bananas to me. So, I I hate to tell you this because <sighs> yeah. I know you like the company. Right. But you won't like the company in too much longer. If right. you keep this up, you can't do this. You're not allowed to lead. Right. So you are a leader in title only and so are the rest of them. So I, I hate to deliver the
1: bad news. George, yeah, leadership. Okay. we say leadership is influence. And right now you don't have the power to have any influence. Yeah. And that could mean a lack of trust. If you're <laughs> continually running into this and you're the sole person on the other side of this sure. going, hey, I don't think we should do it this way that might mean you disagree with the values and principles and the way they run things. And that tells me it might be your time because it's going to lead to resentment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd rather you leave before when Dave says, when you're, when your heart leaves, your butt should follow. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's you, it's time. And you seem very sharp. I think you're going to land in a great place. Yeah. Uh, But you could, you know, you could have one last ditch effort, say what you said to us, to your direct leader and say, listen, I'm coming to you privately, not with the group. I want to address this. And if they can't promise any change and they're not making progress, I'm starting to look elsewhere. You can take that shot. I hate to be a naysayer, but it's not going to happen. That kind of groupthink is
0: very opposite of common sense. And we live in a day and age, folks, where leadership is needed more than ever, but we have so many freaking leaders that are scared of getting criticized so they don't lead. Massive gap between common sense and groupthink. And this company is groupthink because they're all scared to death to lead. Oh, it's exhausting. Leave! Ugh! I need an aspirin. This is the Ramsey Show.
3: Here's the thing about investing advice—you can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option: check in with a SmartVestor Pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a SmartVestor Pro in your area, go to RamseySolutions.com/smartvestor. Go to RamseySolutions.com/smartvestor. Ramsey Solutions is a paid non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at
1: RamseySolutions.com/smartvestor.
0: Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. He is George Campbell, and we are here for you, 888 825 Okay, special request from the audience. I wrapped up the last segment talking about you cannot lead from consensus, and and gentleman out there in the lovely green shirt wants me to, to expound on that. I will just give it 20 seconds. What that means is, is that you don't lead based on everybody agreeing with what you decide to do. And so consensus is like, I got to get everybody on board. They got to agree with me before I lead. It doesn't work that way. You can cast a vision and say, this is where we got to go. And if you're coming with me, great. If you're not, I get it. Move on. Uh, the, the, The idea of leading from consensus is what a politician does. They check the poll numbers to decide what their next policy is. And so that's what I mean by that statement. And I stand by it. Uh, you will drive yourself mad and you'll never truly lead if you're always looking for consensus so I hope that makes sense to you sir I appreciate the uh, follow up question all right, is the number to jump in let's go to Memphis Tennessee where Megan joins us Megan how can we help
6: hi guys thank you so much for taking my call you bet well I have a question regarding my job um Well, and I'll start out. First of all, my husband and I are on Baby Step Two. Okay. Um, We, I've done, well, I say we, but actually I did Financial Peace University, went through all of that, um, and we are working on the baby steps. But my struggle right now is with my job. I am currently an educator, I teach special education. Mm
4: -hmm.
6: And since 2020, Of course, I know everybody's had issues with with things happening, but that was just really a very, very tough year for Mm -hmm. our students, for us, with all of the virtual learning and everything. And I kept saying, oh, after 2020, everything's going to get better, it's going to be great, and it really hasn't. And so I'm struggling a lot with just (laughs) physical, mental exhaustion, completely overwhelmed with the job just because... It's not just teaching Mm -hmm. that that we're doing. We have so many other things that are on our plate. It's getting harder every year. um, And this is year 16 for me. And I didn't initially start out in education, Mm -hmm. but kind of went a roundabout way to get there. And I love working with my special needs students, but I'm just tired. Yes. And I don't know
0: what to do. Okay. Tell me what you love most. Forget all the awful stuff. What do you love most about working with your special ed students?
6: I just love the the way that they see things. It's, it's a totally different perspective from what typically, yes. you know, you or I might, might see things or when they just have that light bulb moment mm-hmm. that something clicks. And mm-hmm. I work with students that are getting ready to age out of education. Mm-hmm. And so we work a lot on job skills and Great. different things like that. And that, that's why like my passion is to work with, with those, Great. those young adults and get them life skills, daily living skills. But I just don't know if teaching is the, the way I need to go about that. And okay, continue so, on because it's,
0: well, I know it's not. So let's go ahead, and, and based on what you said, I agree wholeheartedly with you. You've got to get out of the public school system, okay? Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily need to get out of the same type of work. So I would classify your situation as someone who is doing the right thing in the wrong place. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So, practically speaking, in Memphis, Tennessee, who, and you don't have to have the answer, but this is the question you have to answer if you can't now, who is helping those, those young people, or should I say adults, who would have some of the same needs, have aged out of the public school system, but still need that help with job placement, life skills, and such? Who's helping those people?
6: Well, I think that's a big question in our area because we don't have a lot of that, and do you have it's some of it? Very difficult. We have some, yes, okay. and and a lot of it is parent-led. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had parents that have um, started doing like recreational things with a group of students in the area, mm-hmm. and that's that's wonderful. But that are there
0: I, organizations, I, whether it be nonprofit or governmental? That again are not in the public school environment. Are there organizations serving that group of folks? Yes, that's the answer. We we limited. start. We, what's that? <laughs> I,
6: I said I feel that that's limited, but there are some organizations.
0: What do you mean by limited? Just the the amount of organizations that are doing it, or yes, okay. But yes. have you have you looked at those organizations to see if they're hiring?
6: Not yet. <laughs> That's where we start.
0: Perfect. No, that's great. Listen, and that's what I'm trying to do. Let's start there. I don't think you need to limit yourself there, but let's start there. Let's kick the tires. What are you making right now as a teacher?
6: About seventy thousand.
0: Okay. So you, I'll be honest with you. It, it might be difficult to find a job making seventy thousand. Are you in a double income family? Do you need to make seventy thousand?
6: Um. Probably to, to keep that that snowball going, Good. that would be okay. the best. All right, but so now. An educator.
0: Right, so here's where I want to pivot. We start with kicking the tires in the space that you're in, but then let's look, let's just pull back. And the reason that I asked you the question, Megan, what do you love most about working with those students in the special ed system is I wanted you to hear yourself say, this is the kind of work that lights me up. And there's a level of instruction. Doesn't mean you have to stay in a classroom environment in the public school system, but is there a level of instruction, uh, HR training, uh, working on working and instructing people within the trades, or maybe working for you know? You start to go, where can I instruct people who need that extra hand up? Maybe, and they don't have to be in special needs situations. But maybe it's lower income people who are getting trained in a certain area by a government agency or whatever. You start to just look everywhere you can in Memphis to go, where can I serve people who need that extra help, need that dedication of a a teacher, the heart of an instructor? Because I think you love instructing people, uh, mentoring, cheering people on. Do I have that right? You do, yes. All right, then. So where can we make $70,000 or more doing that? That's the question you have to answer. And so you started the phone call, and George would get this a lot, you start the phone call, Megan, where it feels very intimidating. This is a mountain I don't know how to climb. And I hope that I've been able to bring this down to the street level and go, all right, I can look for that. And I think you need to find instruction and encouragement and guiding and guidance in that job, and I think she'll be happy. What do you think? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love it. And as you were talking about that, I thought, you know what? Some of the greatest entrepreneurs saw a problem without a solution, Mm -hmm. and they just created it. So maybe one day, Megan starts her own organization. I agree. In Memphis that provides that. this. And right now the first step is let me see how other organizations do it. Let me make money. Let me get out of this debt. Use that as fuel for your debt snowball mm-hmm. to go one day. Yep. I want to be debt free so that I can go start that thing.
0: And and Megan, uh, I want to add to what George said. He just said something and that was really insightful. You know, maybe you just go get a really good $70,000 job and it's not, it's not the dream job. It's not like super passion and purpose. And I'm the guy that teaches do work that's purposeful but maybe you go get a really good paying job that gets us through baby step two and then baby step three, Megan, and then you're working on the side. You maybe you're volunteering for this group of folks so that you're making progress on baby step two, but your heart's still very much alive. Does that make sense?
6: Yes, it does. And George, thank you so much for saying that because I've actually, that kind of confirmed my thoughts about something possibly in retirement that I actually my own organization that has the different areas so thank you for saying that you're
1: so welcome well I just said what I think was already in your heart and uh, we need people like you Megan in your community that's right so thank you for what you do and yeah
0: Megan I, I close this segment out Uh, Megan's right. I I don't know if if you've ever volunteered or spent time around some of the folks she's talking about, but they have an unbelievable joy and an unbelievable innocence that I think we all in this day and age could probably use. 100%. So love Megan and the folks that work with our... I don't like the whole idea of challenged and all that. I just think they're special, they're unique, they're different. They got a whole lot to offer this world. A lot to contribute. And I love that Megan and the folks that work with that group of people do. They are a lighthouse to all of us in some dark days. This is The Ramsey Show.
7: Hey, good folks. Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey cash giveaway is back and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, building a non-anxious life, my questions for humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's baby steps to millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at ramseysolutions.com slash store. Welcome
0: back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. And we are here for you. 888-825-5225. Taking your money questions, your work questions. Uh, we'll take some relationship questions. I mean, hey,
1: why not? we have been, been married for how many years? Uh, 25. Add my five. 30 years. 30 years. 30 of, years of doing it wrong. That's what
0: George and I are going to offer you. That's, that's what they that's, want to know, the that's mistakes. That's the expertise that you come for here on the Ramsey Show. All the ladies in the lobby like that. They thought that was well, funny. And Ken, I'm a parenting that expert. Was
1: you are. I've had a baby for six weeks now. By the way, how's your sleep? Not great, if I'm going to be honest. I'm holding it together with an Americano and a prayer today. Okay, all right. It gets better. Thank you. It
0: gets better uh but
1: boy i'm glad i don't have to worry about bottles and diapers so many bottles yeah
0: but i got to teenagers whole different level of stress so just you young parents you know you're going to trade the physical exhaustion for emotional exhaustion that's what's ahead for you parents of teens Mm. hey financial peace university is the fastest way to beat debt and build wealth it's not my opinion it's not george's opinion george do we have the proof or not
1: uh, I mean, 10 million people doing it with success, I feel like is enough proof for me Not personally. bad. Not bad case study there. I'll take it.
0: Uh, so FPU, that's what we call Financial Peace University, is the most successful personal finance class in the world. It's helped millions of people, as George said, get out of debt and become millionaires and stop worrying about money. Over nine weeks, this class teaches you everything you wish you'd learned about handling money, including budgeting, investing, real estate, and more. And the best part of FPU is the community. Stacey and I have led multiple classes. It is a special, special thing to realize. I'm not alone in this, going through this with people who have the same goals. And get this, the average FPU graduate is
1: debt-free, George, in two years or less. Impressive. Tell them where to go, George. RamseySolutions.com slash FPU to get started. And if you're thinking, well, I've heard the show. I've read the book. I'm telling you, you go through these nine classes, about nine hours of content with accountability and community, and you stick with it, it changes you. And so if you've been like, Hey, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Haven't really done it. Take that next step. And if your spouse isn't on the same page, this is the best thing you can I do agree. Yeah. to get them on that same page instead of using Dave as a cuss word in your house.
0: Oh, there you go. All right, let's go to Los Angeles where Liz awaits. Liz, how can we help?
6: Hi, um, my husband and I have three kids. We're totally debt free and we have over a hundred thousand dollars saved in cash. Nice. Probably are going to be able to save another hundred thousand dollars in the next year. We are currently renting from my in-laws, their house, um, for super, super low cost, and they have no intention of raising it in the next, you know, 20 plus years. Is it a good idea if we offer to buy the house off of them? Is the borrower still slave to the lender if they give us a discount on the house? Or I, I just don't know if it's a good idea or not.
0: Well, would they give you a discount? Has this been floated?
6: So we haven't actually got to sit down and talk with them yet, but the idea is that either we would inherit it later on. Um but I really I don't want to wait that long to just wait to see if we inherit it. Um, and so I'm thinking that we'd be able to at least get some sort of a discount if we were to buy it.
1: Okay. What would the terms be? Have you talked to them about this at all?
6: No. So Not right a now clue. we're just renting. No. So But they have no clue. Like have they even
1: offered, hey, yeah, we we'd be willing to sell it.
6: Nope. They've just talked about renting it. This is all hypothetical. I,
1: there's a lot of hypotheticals yeah. here, which we can't get too far with that. What do you think the, the market house worth? is yeah.
6: I think the house is worth probably seven hundred thousand.
1: Okay. And um, what's this
0: discount that you got in your head? The that hypothetical nobody else discount. knows about.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the they're inheriting their their parents' house. Um and so they were basically saying that like once this house is either paid off, um, like, on their mortgage, that we'd be able to either live in it and only pay them, like, a tiny bit or get, like, uh, I don't know. My husband is basically, like, wanting to just rent it forever, and I want to offer to buy it since I feel like we have the money to buy it. Um, well, you haven't I given me like the price.
0: Were, what do you think the discount price is? And by the way, these are your in-laws, I'm guessing, yes?
6: Yes, so my what's parents.
0: Okay, great. So what is this discount price you have in your head that you'd like your hubs to float up the ladder?
6: Even if it was like $5,000 off or, or even just like the fact that we'd be able to buy it directly would be kind of like getting a discount because in California, I feel like we couldn't buy anywhere else.
1: I don't know why um, you feel so stuck with owners, this house, all for a, a less than a 1% discount.
0: $5,000 is... I thought you were going to throw like 100000 at me for starters.
1: Why Why yeah. is this house special to
0: you?
6: Um, I just feel like it's the best deal we're going to get around this area. Let's because... say it's not
1: a deal. Let's say they sell for market rate. Would you rather go buy another $700,000 house that fits your needs better, that you love more? If you're not renting at a discount no. anymore?
6: We really do love this house.
1: And you're like, wanting to we, stay there for a long, long time. Yes. feels like the hubs wants to
0: rent it until mom and dad pass on. And then he, then whatever happens, happens. Am I, am I taking too much liberty with that?
6: No, he wants, yeah, that's what he wants. to. Do. He wants to invest the money that we're saving on really cheap rent. Um, and I, he wants to, I kind of like that
0: deal myself.
6: They're really?
0: Not, yeah. George, well, you, there's you a, got issue with that. No, I don't like that movie.
1: There's, there's a few avenues. I eventually want you to become homeowner. So the idea yeah. if we're going to rent for 30 years just to invest. Well, I don't you're not going to
0: rent for 30 years. How old are his parents?
6: They're only like 60. So I, I really do think it would be at least a good. Here's yeah, I mean, my thing. If you, know, you own it, you're yeah. going to
1: also own the appreciation. So what happens 20 years from now, and you're done renting, and they go, all right, we'll sell it to you. It's worth a million now. We'll give it to you for 9 And you're like, wow, thank you so much for the Well, discount. this is a fair point. That but, That's also a concern.
0: But I mean, is, does he know if he's getting the house in the will? Is that already established? There's 60. That should probably be figured out by now, yes?
6: Um, yeah, that's what was discussed. Obviously, like, I can't predict what's going to happen in 25 years. Are there um, siblings involved?
0: So no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Are... Oh, okay, sorry, George, good question. But what I'm saying is, is it already in the will that you and your hubs are getting the house?
1: It would be split between the siblings. Oh, well then, yeah, Strike like everything? A nightmare scenario waiting to happen.
0: Strike everything I just said. I would not rent the house. <laughs>
1: So, what's going to happen was, is they're all going to go, or well, we're going to, we all agree, we're going to sell this thing and take our profits, and yeah. move on with our life. Yeah. Versus, or you guys are going to have to buy them all out and come up with hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this, many many years from now when the house is appreciated. And George, it feels like
0: this could get sticky too if they offer to buy the house and the siblings are going, well, wait a second, we that's in the will,
1: yeah. Am, Liz, am I am right? I answer questions the way I would handle them, and truthfully. I'm going to take this nice low rent and I'm going to save up a giant down payment and just go find another house. Yep. And if you end up able to buy this house at a great deal, then do it. But I would not put all of my eggs in this basket because there's too many variables and Mm -hmm. it's going to get too messy. And the whole idea of like business and family getting mixed already gives me some heartburn. And I'd rather you just be able to own your situation and not have all this weird familial drama involved.
6: So you wouldn't invest the money that we're saving.
1: I mean, invest is a strong word. I go, well, how soon are we going to get a house? If it's three years from now, I don't want to invest that money. If we're talking five years from now, then sure, five to ten years of uh, time horizon, we can invest this money and see a meaningful return.
6: So, like, if we were to invest in the next ten years, let's say, and we just continue with this really low rent. um, I wouldn't rent for ten years,
1: though. I would rather get you in a house three years from now when you have the money to do it. When you're financially ready, you got a 15-year fix, 25% of your take-home pay in the area you want, the home you love, then just bite the bullet and get the house and pay off the mortgage early, and you own your life. You're not worried about what's going to happen with a will and what the siblings are going to do. That just exhausts me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, that got a little too complex there,
1: and it just doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't sound like we're going to get the deal of a century on this house at a one percent discount you can go find that you can go negotiate that right now with a stranger on the block
0: oh god bless her or maybe she needs a negotiation class because i i could shock she threw the well i'm taking five thousand off one dollar bob one dollar it's like let's make a deal right very interesting Oy-y-y-y. yikes all right folks george has a little bit of heartburn i'll break out the tums during the break and we'll be right back this is the ramsey show Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. Our scripture of the day comes from Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Our quote from Robert Orban. Every day I get up and look through the Forbes list of the richest people in America. If I'm not there, I go to work. All right.
1: Hey little intense Robert I I didn't know that if that's is that one of your life goals no I don't think I'm ever gonna get there Ken I'm okay with that though I
0: mean getting up every day and checking out the Forbes list I mean exhaust a recipe for a lot of freight nerves I think but I don't know but nonetheless there it is all right let's go to New York New York Max is there Max how can we help
8: hi uh, so I recently invested 20 months ago and a piece of real estate. I got it for 385000 It's probably worth it's at least half a mil today, but probably like half a mil to five fifty. And the problem is I'm 25 years old, and I've been kind of renting out rooms while living here to friends, and everything's going great, but my co was not a parent or a girlfriend is actually a person that I've worked with at a restaurant. And she recently told me that she would like her name to get off of the loan so that she could start uh, looking for a piece of real estate for herself. And my loan is not assumable. And the only way for me to get her name off is to refinance, which would double my interest rate right now. Oh, where's so- my
1: Tums? Where's the ball? Max, Max, Max? Dude, this is like a Dumb and Dumber sequel. How did you guys get into this mess? So you can't afford the house. And this friend is like, hey, bro, I'll sign for you.
3: Yeah, I'm why good not? for the money.
1: Did you not think about what would happen later on down the line and whether or not they're going to want a piece of this and how they're going to get their name off?
8: So I thought about it and within, because I'm um, a contractor type. So I thought, okay, um, within two years, I'll be able to refinance. And because I only put about 5% down. As you do when you're
1: broke and can't afford a house.
8: Yes. And my goal was to work up at least 20% equity, which I'm pretty positive I have now. Okay. So I, I I went in with the mindset of okay you know i'll i'll fix this up i'll get the yeah and yeah, then I interest off.
1: rates would stay the same forever and now oh yeah okay so your only option here is to refinance to get their name off the loan and you're saying if i refinance is going to double my payment
8: uh i mean yeah it'll it'll just definitely um make it higher and i've you know i've kind of broken even in terms of renting the rooms out. no you're and, just broke um,
1: I mean, the the whole this money making scheme of getting roommates is not panning out. You're about to lose this house. You have can't you have, afford
0: it. Yeah, Max, have you run the numbers? Like when you say go up a little bit, it's doubling. Have so you, what this is payment, that going
1: to do? Let's say you. the payment doubles. Your roommates keep paying you the same. You're now underwater, aren't you?
8: If I don't think I mean I have one more room that I can rent, and I, I was just about to make passes. And, and what happens
1: when it. they don't pay, or when
8: it's vacant? Then it's a it's a bad bad move. I know.
1: So we've got to look at some other solutions here. One of them might be we have to sell this place mm-hmm. that was once a dream has now become the nightmare. Yeah. we stepped into it too soon, too early, with a friend who co-signed who now wants out of it. And uh, you know, I don't know what's what's the are they still friends with you? I imagine this is yeah. friendship is not going to last very long.
8: It's you know. it's Surprised, There's no real hard feelings with it. Um, she was just, you know, under the impression that at that two-year mark that I would be, you know, we'd be ready to refinance and get her off, which I... And how many years has I, it been? It's been um, not even two years. It's been 20 months.
1: Okay. And so what is the payment now, and what would it be if you refinance?
8: So I think the payment now is close to 2800 and the refinance payment, I think, is um, he, I, I checked about two weeks ago, but it was, I'm, I imagine, between thirty-four and thirty-six hundred.
1: And that's with current interest rates.
8: I think so. Yeah.
1: And that's on a thirty-year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are you making right now with the roommates renting?
8: So currently twenty six hundred, and I have another room open that I could easily get seven to eight hundred for.
1: Okay, and you haven't essentially you've you've not been paying much rent at all, or
8: no? Okay, so through the major, I mean, when I first got it, so it was um, a cosmetic, you know, fixer upper. So a lot of the rooms needed paint. And what was your you long
0: term play on this?
8: My long term play was to to buy this house to. Um, kind of just rent out until I could afford it on my own, and then maybe kind of do the, the burr method, and if I rented this out with, you know, either a full family or the people that are still here, I'd be able to do the same thing on another oh piece of... Uh,
0: okay, yeah. first of all, you realize you're in the hostel business now. That's essentially what you're doing. You're running a hostel, and you're about to be... <laughs> you're living in it with all these people. I got another room! Come on, and it's just
8: this is wackadoodle. I think for for this. What's
1: your what's your income every month?
8: Um, every month I make about four grand.
1: Okay, so number one, you're going to have to float the difference as we deal with whatever the next few months look like. So you're going to have to start paying uh, a bunch of rent.
0: I'd sell the house, George. You told but him to sell the house.
1: I, I think you need to get out of this thing. I truly don't think you're going to. Anyone who's, if you've kind of like, you've been watching the TikToks about the Burr Method and everyone in the real estate business, like, dude, this is the way you become a real estate guru. Trust me. Well, this is the reality of it. Yeah, but what? run the scenario for him real quick, George. Well, Cash Vision, if he sells it right now with this you, equity. Yeah, what would you get out of this? If you sold it, you gave your, you know, do they get a share with the appreciation?
8: So they actually, they only did this, and it it, it seems crazy. This was someone that was my boss for a really long time. And she wanted zero percent, you know, in it unless I defaulted and then then, then we would have to kinda of rediscuss, but essentially she didn't want anything. She just did it to help me Out of the goodness of their
0: heart. Okay, so how much money would you make if you sell it today for the five fifty?
8: Um, on the loan I think I owe about three sixty five. So I would make close to two hundred.
0: And then you'd be think, out of this mess, and you would actually gotten would
8: out to, of it. What? But with the closing costs and, and everything, I'd probably, you know, if that would take another 20000 off or so, I'd imagine. Let's so say you walk
1: away I've with one seventy five, and you're out of this mess, and you're not having to worry about having six roommates just to fill the thing and hope one of them doesn't vacate and hope you don't have to evict one and hope you don't have to pay the rent to make up the difference. But right now, the refinancing at the current rates and paying four grand a month and trying to deal with this – it feels like too much of a nightmare for as young as you are and as much success as you could have in the future. Okay. Could you get a cheaper place if you sold it and put 175 down?
8: The thing is, in this uh, neighborhood I'm in, you know, within an hour of um, Manhattan, there's No, it's very competitive, and it's it's really difficult. It's New York City. It's always going to be competitive. Max, Max,
1: why did you call
0: us? Did you want us to validate what you're doing, or did you are you even open to what we just told you?
8: Well, I I have the thing. I've been um, listening into the show trying to find a similar situation, and I couldn't really, I guess, find one. And I I figured you guys would tell me to just sell it. Yeah, because you're about to have a four
1: grand mortgage payment, and you make four grand a month. Yeah. That's the scary part. And you're a landlord, you know, running a hostel. You're going to be
0: stressed out of your mind. You've got to get out of jail card here. And we're telling you to take it. But I don't know if you care more about your 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 mental, emotional, and financial health or disappointing people on TikTok that you don't even know because they told you to do it. It feels like there's this like you think we're giving you this unconventional wisdom you gotta choose
1: reality as my friend dr john deloney would say and the reality is this was a risky gamble that did not pay off and it's time to get out while we still have our butt
0: speaking of getting out while we still have our butt this has been a great hour thank you george thanks Thanks, James. james childs and the team for keeping us on the air to you the audience this is the ramsey show